Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. A warm welcome to you, wherever you are out there in Radioland. This is podcast number 71, another pull together of the stories that caught my eye on Southgate Amateur Radio News. And by the way, did you know that these and many more stories can also be heard on shortwave? Try 6160 kHz and 3975 kHz in AM mode, and you're very likely to hear shortwaveradio.de, broadcasting from Saxony in North Germany. You may have to battle through the lightning static, but that's part of the fun, of course. OK, let's get on with our first item. One of the astronauts currently on the International Space Station is French, and a contact with French schools has been set up for him. It must instil a great sense of wonder in young people when they realise their voice is being broadcast into outer space, hopefully an experience that would lead them to think about science and maybe even a future career in engineering. Amateur radio on the International Space Station, ARIS, is the group that puts together special amateur radio contacts between students around the globe and crew members with ham radio licences on the International Space Station. At the end of June, there will be a multi-point telebridge contact via amateur radio between the ISS and students from three schools in France. Students will take turns asking their questions of astronaut Thomas Pesquet, amateur radio callsign Kilo Golf 5, Foxtrot Yankee Golf, during the radio contact. French is the language expected to be used during the contact. The downlink frequency for this contact is 437.525 MHz and may be heard by listeners that are within the space station footprint that also encompasses the Aris Radio Telebridge station. The ARIS team in Casale Monferrato in Italy will use callsign India Kilo 1 Sierra Lima Delta to serve as the relay ground station. Each student asking a question will be conferenced in from home or socially distanced at school. The contact is scheduled for June the 26th, 2021 at 0925 UTC. Three schools in France will participate in this ARIS contact. They're all rural schools about 90 miles west of Paris and will involve about 360 students aged 6 to 15 years old. The schools have partnered with the amateur radio club Foxtrot 4 Kilo Lima Quebec in preparation for this contact. Student members of the club have received training from the adult members who have knowledge in the fields of radio, aeronautical and the space scientists in a series of ham radio workshops. 
And you can watch the live stream of the contact at www.ariotti.com. Ariotti is spelt Alpha Romeo India Oscar Tango Tango India. www.ariotti.com. As time allows, students will ask up to 17 questions, including such matters as what experiments are you working on currently? What is refueling about? What is it like to live away from your family? Is ecology something that you take into account when you go into space? And how many times does it take to get used to zero gravity weightlessness? Other questions are about whether the astronauts have come across asteroids and what they do to avoid them, and what do they miss most when they're on the International Space Station. The students will ask Thomas Pesquet whether he would permit them to name their school after him. You can find out a lot more by getting in touch with the ARIS Media Contact. Dave Jordan, Alpha Alpha 4, Kilo November. Staying in space for the moment, and somewhat smaller than the International Space Station, Finland is about to throw a small plank of wood into space. Well, it is, of course, very much more sophisticated than that. But what will they think of next? Get your UHF equipment ready to work Woodsat. United Press International recently carried a story about the forthcoming launch of Woodsat CubeSat, which is made out of wood and carries an amateur radio payload. It is hoped that the satellite, which is part of a public relations initiative by Finland's UPM Plywood Company, will be launched towards the end of the year. Woodsat has attracted attention from corporations and media around the world and elicited cooperation from the European Space Agency. Woodsat is built by Arctic Astronautics, which normally focuses on tiny educational satellite kits for schools. The Finnish company UPM Plywood provides high-quality wood for the craft and covers the launch cost. Woodsat also offers a unique chance to transmit messages around the globe by bouncing a radio signal off the satellite. To use the feature, radio operators must have 432 MHz equipment, that's the 70cm amateur band. The Woodsat team have applied for IARU Satellite Frequency Coordination. And you can read the full story at www.upi.com and search for Science News. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. A little trip down memory lane now, for those that remember tuning around on Longwave with a huge old domestic receiver, probably aglow with the soft pink of warm valves heating up the shack. Radio 4 in the UK still broadcasts on 198 kHz, but many other stations have slowly dropped off the horizon, and there are more squiggles and bangs than broadcast stations on Longwave these days. But in France, one broadcaster is holding on. 
On the website www.radioites.de this week, there's an interesting article about the last French broadcast station still on longwave, using 234 kHz AM. After Radio France, Europe One and RMC stopped their broadcasts on longwave, station RTL has been the only broadcaster since 2020 that still uses this frequency range for France. The operators of the channel in Luxembourg are optimistic that they'll be able to continue into the foreseeable future. The transmitter of one of the closed-down stations, the one in Alouis in central France, is, ironically, still in operation. It now transmits the French time signal service. On 162 kHz, broadcast programming ceased at the end of 2016. The signal remained on 162 kHz, but it was just a silent carrier. The French regulator, ANFR, now pays for the operating costs. The longwave transmitter in southern France, which was abandoned by the broadcaster RMC in March 2020, is no longer active, but it is in working condition and there's hope it might be rented to a broadcaster again. The situation is completely different with the Europe One transmitter in Saarland, which was shut down at the end of 2019. The mast was brought down in October 2020. But the Beidweiler transmitter site in Luxembourg is still in regular use on 234 kHz. Since 1972, it has been used by the French broadcaster RTL and consists of three masts, each 290 metres high. The station uses a 1.5 million watt transistor transmitter from Berlin, known as a type TRAM. At the nearby transmitter site in Junglinster, a shortwave system rebroadcasted the RTL signal, but this ceased in 1991. The shortwave transmitters were reactivated in 2003 in an ambitious attempt to use the shortwave bands with new AM digital broadcasts. After these efforts only met with a very subdued response, broadcasting ended in 2011 without a digital sound ever being heard. For many years, RTL Radio reported over 10 million listeners to its longwave service, but in recent years, this was reported to have fallen to 600,000. You may be old enough to remember Radio Luxembourg on 1440 kHz medium wave. Well, that was switched off at the end of 2015, and the transmitter's masts near Marnac were demolished in February 2016. At the end of its life, the Marnac station carried China Radio International for 10 hours every day. You can read the full article by Kai Ludwig at www.radioeins.de and our thanks go to Mike Terry for spotting this story. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. My early days on HF amateur radio bands were dogged by a continuous thumping sound spread broadly across the spectrum. Older hams will remember this as the woodpecker, a Russian over-the-horizon radar system of immense power that carved up huge chunks of the spectrum 24 hours a day and made communication a bit more difficult than it should have been. There are many stories about this radar, ranging from the fact that it never worked properly and missile traces were always fuzzy, to the suggestion that the Chernobyl nuclear power plant was built close to the transmitter site in order to provide enough power for the radar, and in fact, efforts to increase that power to improve the radar performance led to the plant blowing up. Who knows what other theories there might be about the woodpecker, but I for one am just glad that it stopped operation.
Now we have other over-the-horizon radars to moan about. For example, Russia's container, which currently carves up the 20-metre amateur band more than regularly. From the 1970s until the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, the Soviet Union's over-the-horizon radar, known as the Woodpecker, caused severe interference in the amateur radio bands. The station was in Russia at the time, but now the location is part of Ukraine. It was intended to detect missile attacks. An article on Vice.com reports that Ukraine has declared that the enormous Duga-1 radar array is to become a protected cultural monument. Almost 2,300 feet long and more than 450 feet high, the steel beams of the radar tower over the surrounding forest. From a distance, it appears to be a massive wall or the start of a cage. The Association of Chernobyl Tour Operators first announced that Ukraine had made Duga-1 a protected heritage site on its Facebook page. Interfax, a Russian news service, later reported the official designation. Ukraine's Minister of Culture and Information Policy said that Ukraine's heritage is not only the area around the power plant, but also the buildings located nearby, and that they were working on identifying other structures that should be part of the list of monuments. The goal was to prevent destruction where possible. When Duga-1 came online sometime in the mid-1970s, radio operators around the world noticed a strange signal coming from the forests of Ukraine. The system was so powerful, it disrupted some frequencies with an irritating thumping noise. Amateur radio operators dubbed the signal source the Russian woodpecker because of the repeated tapping noise it made in ham radio receivers. You can read the full story at www.vice.com. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.